Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Dude, Peyton's room was filthy. And now, what is it? Very clean, and my bed, my all of my blankets were just curled, like, all around in my bed. Yep. And, well, we... Okay, that's going to be right there. Clean my room. Yep. And my bed is now very clean. Oh, yeah. And then also are my cubbies. Mm-hmm. We just threw a couple things away. We threw a lot of things away. Well, from the room next door. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. In my kitty room. Mm-hmm. Can you guys hear Max barking in the background? That's our new puppy. You know what? We were going to talk about a new pet every time. He just, like, introduced himself. He, like, without even being invited. <laughs> Who's Max? Our new puppy, and I forgot what dog he is. He's a Rottweiler. Okay. And, by the way, he's already protective. Tell them what, what he did. So one time we were reading. This was like, you guys, he's, he was only eight weeks old, by the way. And he heard a noise, like so, like my cousin's mom, or yep. my cousin, Abby, went to the bathroom mm-hmm. or something like that. And he heard a noise, so he started barking. And growling. Yeah. And he got up and, like, went to the edge of the bed to, like, protect us. And he's a baby. Yeah. He heard the door shut, and he went, <gasps> And I was like, what the? He's a tiny baby. Oh, my gosh. All right. Anyways, there's another one of our animals. His name's Max, and he's so cute. And he yep. sucks at potty training. <laughs> he pooped He takes duties. He... I saw this morning mm-hmm. that he Big peed. Big old turd on the floor. Well, he peed, and then I, and I told you. Yeah. And then he pooped. He decided I, to drop a deuce. And I, to, and I told you, hey, he did it in front of your office, too. I know. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you guys a quick story, and we're going to start one time. Okay, listen. I love every animal, but I don't want every animal as a pet. And the one <sighs> type of pet I don't want is a hyper dog. So this... When I, was re- when I was younger, before you were born, my boyfriend really wanted a lab because he loved labs. But I was like, aren't they hyper? And he was like, no, they're so mellow. Well, I think that's true with some of them. But this one was a nutcase. Plus, we lived in an apartment. So the poor dog was like wound up and was like so crazy and had so much energy. And one day I came home and guess what I found? Hmm. Guess. Poop. Yeah. And guess what he did? Ran through it and ran through the whole house. You guys, I was so upset because I had come home from a really long day of work. And guess who had to clean it? You. Yeah. The only place that it didn't get on was my bed. So thankfully he didn't jump on my bed because I would—I honestly was like crying. I was like, <laughs> I don't want it. This wasn't even my dog. Crazy, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. That was awful. All right. Ivy and Bean, what's the big idea? Book seven, part uh, two. Part two. two. There's only two parts when we do it. Do you want to read the first part? 
Mom, said Ivy, can you tie this knot? Ivy's mom was working. Wait, hold on. Let me hold it. Okay, you want to hold it? Sorry. Was working in her office. Click, click, click. Her fingers jumped along the her keyboard. Mmm. Wait, no. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She said, Mom, I, Ivy said, what? Can you tie this knot? Yes, said Ivy's mom. Quickly, she learned over. She leaned over <laughs> and pulled on string and around Ivy's wrist she she tied the end in a knot. Good job. You want to keep going? You want me to go? Yeah. Oops. Oh my goodness. Okay. Thanks, said Ivy. She and Bean turned to leave. Well, that was a strange noise that your mouth made. <clears throat> All right. Mm, said Ivy's mom. Her fingers began to jump again. They walked down the hallway. Uh, they walked down the hall to the front of the door. Walking with their hands tied in front of them was weird. It made their stomachs stick out. Wait, called Ivy's mom. She poked out. out she poked her head out of the office. Can I ask why you tied your hands together? It's global. It's for global warming. It's a global warming idea, said Ivy. Oh, said Ivy's mom. What do you mean? Well, you know how lots of animals are in trouble from global warming, said Ivy. Her mom nodded. They'd have a better chance if humans weren't so powerful. If humans weren't as strong and smart and stuff, said Bean. So we tied our hands up to make it more fair. We thought about hitting ourselves in the head so that we'd be dumber, said Bean. But then we thought that it would hurt, said Ivy. So then we picked hands instead. If we don't move our hands, we'll be weaker, she said, or said Bean. And then the animals can take over. They could just take over the world from people, said Ivy. It's a very interesting idea, said Ivy's mom. She smiled. Where Where are you going now? We're going to go outside and let the animals see that we're weak, said Ivy. Maybe we'll be eaten, said Bean. But we don't mind. It's for science, said Ivy. That's definitely a good cause, said Ivy's mom. She didn't seem very worried, so Ivy said, If we do get eaten, bring our skeletons to the science fair. Uh, will do, said Ivy's mom, and went back inside her office. I don't think she thought that they were going to get eaten by animals. Uh, <laughs> I was going to see who. Oh, that's actually funny. Oh, yeah, see, this is what I want to do with the skeletons for the lash salon. Mm. <laughs> Things like that. Okay. They stood in Ivy's front yard, trying to show the animals that they were weak. Come and get us, called Bean, but the animals must have been napping because it was Katie It was Katie from down the block who answered. She stepped out of, Camilla, out of a Camilla bush and stared at them. What are you guys doing, she asked. Global warming, said Bean. We're fighting it, said Ivy. We're giving animals a chance to. Katie interrupted. You want to play? You want to play bad orphanage? <laughs> oh my God, that sounds terrible. Katie had a cha- had changed a lot. 
When she was little, she only wanted to play house. Uh, no thanks, said Ivy. We're working on a science project. Just wait right here, said Katie. She crawled under the Camilla bush and backed out with a jump rope. I'm the mean orphanage matron and you're the orphans, she said. No, said Ivy again. We're doing a science project. Bean didn't say anything. She loved bad orphanage. She loved being the cruel matron who fed crust to the orphans. But Katie had her own plan, and Katie was stringing her jump rope through their tied hands. You're my orphanage prisoners, she said, and cackled a true cackle, orphanage matron cackle. Cry and scream, she ordered them in her normal voice. Oh, cry and scream, she ordered them in her normal voice. Now wait just a cotton pig a minute here, began Bean. If she didn't get if she didn't get to be in the cruel matron, she didn't want to play. This is the science project, yelled Ivy. Katie paid no attention to them. One thing about Katie that hasn't changed. She has always been a tough cookie. March, she bellowed and pulled her end of the rope. No, said Ivy. March, I'll cook you alive, shrieked Katie. She yanked on the rope again, and Ivy and Bean almost fell over. Across the street, Sophie W. came out in her porch and saw that Ivy and Bean's tied hands. What you doing, she called. These are my orphan prisoners, hollered Katie. Come on, you can get the other cruel, you can be the other cruel matron. You're stopping science, you're stopping scientific progress, Ivy yelled. Right, said Bean. This is a global, this is all about global warming. Wrong, yelled Katie. This is about orphans. Sophie W. ran our, ran around Pancake Court and joined Katie, dragging them along the sidewalk. Oh, Ivy and Bean twisted their their hands, but they couldn't undo the knots or the, on the rope. Now, let's jump them into the orphanage basement. Oh, dump them. Let's dump them into the orphanage basement, said Sophie. And she pointed to Katie's front yard. Front yard. That's the orphanage base. basement. And then let's give them the rack, suggested Katie. Hey, yelled Ivy and Bean together. Oh, don't worry, said Sophie. We won't really hurt you. <laughs> Katie, is that bright on your eyes too? Dude, it's like, that is like killing my eyes also. Do you want to turn that light on just a little bit brighter? Was that like hurting your eyes? Me too. But I can't really see. Will you turn it on a little bit brighter? All you have to do is turn around. <laughs> but I'm cold. Okay, whatever. Alright. Um uh okay, don't worry, we won't, you won't really be we won't really hurt you. For real. Katie cackled. She, oh, thank you, Peyton. Just a little. Yeah, oh yeah, so much better. Thank you. Cause I scraped my um elbow on that. I'm sorry. Somewhere. Mm, shoot. And wait, but I yeah, mm. I have to go like this. Oh Dang it. Okay, don't worry. Then she tied them up tightly on her porch railing. Let's get another rope, she said, so we can stretch them. Yeah, said Sophie W. Together they ran off laughing. Boy, said Bean, that Katie kid is a wacko. Let's get out of here. They wiggled their hands, trying to loosen the rope. It was too bad that Ivy's mom tied the knots so well, you know, said Ivy. This is exactly what Dotsie must feel like. Aw, do you remember who Dotsie oh, is? yeah. Bean looked at the rope and con- connected them to the railing. This isn't what we're... Tr- this 
isn't what we're trying. Wait, this isn't what we're we're trying for. We're weak and we can't do anything. Ivy nodded. I don't think this is making the animal stronger, Bean said. No, I guess it isn't, said Ivy. Bean shook her head. Bummer, I thought we were onto something. Me too, said Ivy. It might work if all the people in the whole world tied their hands together. Especially Katie, said Bean. But I bet, I guess making people weaker won't make the animal stronger unless the animals know it. Now we have to think of another idea, said Ivy. I heard that the slap, I, they heard the slap slap of Katie's sandals zooming along the sidewalk. We have two ropes and we're going to string you up, she yelled. Prepare to meet your maker. Very good idea, McAdams, said Mr. Root. Oh, did, what, what the? Oh, we missed a page. Okay, next chapter, Rice and Beans. McAdam had a battery out of a lime and a penny and a paper clip. He showed it to the entire class and then he showed a picture of a car with a zillion limes attached to it. The limes made the car go. So McAdam's idea is to use the limes instead of gasoline to fuel the cars. Is that it, McAdam? said Mr. Rubitate. He nodded. Very good idea, said Miss Arubitate. Limes are a clean kind of energy, aren't they? Clean energy means that energy doesn't make pollution. Scientists all over the world are trying to find clean energy to use instead of gasoline. Can anyone think of another type of clean energy? Bean and Ivy exchange looks. How come they haven't thought of limes? How come Miss Adam had? Must something... Must be something in the dirt, whispered Bean to make McAdam like to eat dirt. Yes, Bean, can you think of another kind of clean energy? Miss Arubis, can you think of another type of clean energy, said Miss Arubitate. What clean energy? She should know this, but Bean panicked. Rice. Rice, said Miss Arubitate. Wow, is that what your science project is about? Bean didn't know what is it, to say. It's a clean energy. No. Bean didn't know what to say, so he said, yes, rice energy, it's clean. She couldn't stop yelling, and Ivy was looking at her like she had lost her mind. Ivy and I have discovered rice energy. That's great, girls, Miss Arubitate, said Miss Arubitate. I'll be excited to see that. Me too, muttered Ivy. <laughs> A bunch of rice. Did I skip another? Gosh, dang it. I am not good at turning pages tonight. Okay. That afternoon at Bean's house, Ivy was, Ivy was on the lookout. That meant she stood outside the kitchen door watching for Bean's mom. If Bean's mom came along, Ivy was supposed to fall on the floor and screech. Inside the kitchen, Bean was standing on the counter. She was looking through the cupboards, trying to find rice. No luck. She wished that she had said she was going to make chocolate chip energy. She knew where the chocolate chips were. Crackers, more crackers, walnuts, ugly dried lump she had never seen before, oatmeal, rice. She grabbed a handful and stuffed the package back into the shelf. Got it, she whispered to, sh to, she whispered, shouted to Ivy. Then Ivy zipped down to the kitchen. Bean jumped to the floor and held out her hand. There it was, a Look. bunch of rice. Look at her hand. How exciting, huh? <laughs> I smell butter. You smell butter? Like right now? Oh, it's the bread. On ground made bread. Yeah. Dude, bread makers, legitimate. 
There was no way... Dude, that does smell good, huh? There was no way that they were going to get a certificate of science achievement for rice. If only she'd kept her mouth shut. What the heck are we going to do with this, she said. Ivy looked at... The gray... Ivy looked at the grains and her eyes got narrow. There was this lady, she began. Who, said Bean interrupted. Lisa something, said Ivy. She was a scientist. I read about her in my famous Women of Science book. She said you could get energy by breaking stuff into bits. Cool, said Bean. Why didn't we just break some glasses then? Ivy frowned. Not those kind of bits. Tiny bits. In the books, she said she said atoms which are really tiny bits but i bet it would work with rice too she said that there would be a lot of energy inside tiny things when you broke them it was a weird idea but when bean broke stuff it just lay there broken it didn't seem to jump around or energetically bean looked at the rice in her hand and it didn't and didn't see seem like there could be anything inside there but more rice but it was worth a shot. All right, go get some hammers. Peyton, have you ever seen a Mexican jumping bean? Have you ever seen it? Do you know what it is? You literally hold a bean and it freaking jumps. Do you know why? Because hmm. there's like a little worm in there. Do you want me to get some for you? Sure. Dude, I kind of forgot about Mexican jumping beans. That's cool. Next chapter, Grand Slam. Bean Bean thought her mouth might not be happy if they hammered Bryce into the dining, or her mom might not be happy why did I say mouth? Oh my god. You guys, I'm losing it. Bean thought that her mom might not be happy if they hammered rice into the dining room table. So she and Ivy went outside and they found a board in the garage and laid it down on some grass. <laughs> Bean and Ivy each took a grain of oh, each took a grain of rice and set it on the wood. Then they slammed with their hammers as hard as they could. Cool rice dust. They set out two more grains of rice. Slam! More rice dust. Slam, slam. The board leapt and leapt over, spilling rice dust onto the lawn. Hey, did you see that board jumping, said Bean? That's energy for sure. And no pollution. Let's do it again. It's a science experiment. We have to do it again, yelled Bean, lifting her hammer over her head. Don't tell me this is another one of your dorky solutions for global warming, said Nancy. She and Mishka just stood over them on the grass. None of your beeswax, said Bean. And we're making clean energy, said Ivy at the same time. Bean shook her head. Now they were in for it. No offense, you guys are totally lame, giggled Mishka. Bean could have changed Mishka's toe with the hammer. Or have banged Mishka's toe with the hammer, but she didn't. Ivy was talking. Don't you care about global warming, asked Misha. Mishka. Ivy and Bean lay on their stomachs watching the ants. What? Did I skip another page again? Oh my god. Jeez Louise. Boring. I wonder if this book has sticky pages because it doesn't make any sense. Boring, said Mishka. I'm like, if I hear about global warming one more time, I'm going to scream. Don't you care about the polar bears, asked Bean. Mishka shrugged. Not really. Don't care about nature, asked Ivy. Mishka rolled her eyes. Boring, she said. What, said Ivy. Camping and all that, said Mishka, shaking her head. Totally boring. What do you like, asked Ivy. Shopping, said Mishka. And Harky, Harky added Nancy, giggling and giggling. Mishka screamed and hit Nancy with her backpack, and then they went inside. 
I think that must be a boy. Ivy stared at them. What a couple of weirdos. Bean dropped her hammer to the grass and went back to look at her friends, her aunt friends in the dirt patch. They were still very busy dipping to and fro on an aunt, on aunt business. They still didn't notice her at all. Look, she said to Ivy. Ivy came over and knelt next to her. Watch these guys. They have no idea what, what, that we're here. Ivy put a finger down in front of Aunt for a moment and stopped them. <sighs> and then, looking annoyed, he climbed over her finger and bustled away. Ivy and Bean lay on their stomachs, watching the ants. After a while, I think they'll know where we're here, but they don't like to think about it. We make them nervous. Yeah, we're so big. Ivy was quiet for a minute. Do you think that that Mishi girl is just pretending to hate nature? I mean, how can anyone hate nature? Well, Bean thought, maybe she's scared of it. Have you ever been camping and you wake up in the middle of the night and it's more dark than anything in the world and you hear sticks cracking? No, said Ivy, I've never been camping. But sometimes the same thing happens in my own room. Bean nodded. She knew what that was like. One time they were camping and we thought we saw a bear and then my mom freaked out and she ran to the car and made my dad drive us home even though we were supposed to stay another night she couldn't take it nature freaks her out my mom's always thinking that i'm going to get poison oak and and ticks when i go outside said ivy bean sighed grown-ups are scaredy cats no they can't help it said ivy they hate surprises a long line of ants made its way past ivy and bean and then they looked so sure of themselves but Bean knew that if she dipped the water dipped water on them they'd go nuts you know what really freaks grown-ups out is not being in charge said Ivy kids are used to not being in charge and that's why we're not scared of nature grown-ups and ants are a lot alike Bean said and if they relaxed a little bit they'd have a little better of a time said Bean Ivy rolled on her back and looked at the sky. If all grown-ups weren't scared of nature, they'd probably try harder to save save it from global warming. You're probably right, said Bean. She, and then she sat up. What if we did our science project on teaching grown-ups how to be happy in nature? Is that a global warming solution? Ivy sat up. It sure is, she said. It definitely is fighting global warming because if they loved nature, they wouldn't drive stinky cars. Bean picked bean pictured grown-ups dancing around in a forest looking happy they'd be inspired to save the trees and stuff said bean none of the other kids have done have thought of changing have thought of changing grown-ups i bet we get that certificate thing said ivy too bad it too too bad it's not money said bean but i don't really care maybe we'll get money later said ivy Okay, well, we have to teach grown-ups how to, like, how to like nature, said Bean. What should we do, they thought. I guess we shouldn't take them out into the forest and leave them there, right, Bean asked. Remember, they don't like surprises, and we don't want to scare them. We want to make them be happy, said Ivy. Okay, well, what makes grown-up happy, Bean said. They thought some more. They like calm things, said Ivy, and quiet things, said Bean. Grown-ups will forever be telling us to be quiet. And pretty things, said Ivy. And they like to rest, too, said Bean. Ugh, grown-ups are always tired. That is true. Chapter Scientific Principles 
Welcome to Emerson School Science Fair, said a big sign over the cafeteria door. There was, a there was the principal standing by the door saying hello to parents. She was smiling, but Bean thought you could never be too careful with principals. I know a shortcut, she said to her mom and dad. Let's go through the kitchen. Once they were inside, Bean and her parents met up with Ivy and her mom. Where, where's your project, girls? Ivy's mom said Ivy's mom. Our class is over there, said Bean quickly. Let's go. Sure enough, there was Miss Aruba Tate next to the table marked Room 12, Global Warming. Before her parents could start yakking with Miss Aruba Tate, Bean dragged them over to a bench where five kids were sitting in a row. She pointed, look, that's Vanessa's project. Her mom and her dad looked. Look at that pack of, looks like a pack of kids to me, she said. What's that project? Wait, you'll see, said Bean. Five, Vanessa, yelled Vanessa, holding a small clock. Four, three. I have to go to the bathroom, said one of the kids. No, you don't. Two, one, go. All together, the five kids took a deep breath and held it in. These are my brothers and sisters, Vanessa explained to to the watching parents, we're reducing carbon dioxide by not breathing out. Toby can hold his breath for 76 seconds. If everyone stopped breathing out for 15 minutes a day, the world would be a lot cooler. She's, she looked at her clock again. Five, four, three, two, one. Whoo! The kids blew out their breath and their faces were red. You guys are doing your soon, Vanessa called to Ivy. Ivy made a shush face and turned to her mom. Come on, mom, I want to show you McAdam's lime car. McAdam was hiding under the table, but he had a real lime with a paper clip and a penny in it in his drawing on the, ta um, the top of the table. It smelled good. Next door was Eric's project. Eric hadn't had time to build build the robot so he had used one of his toy robots to show his idea. A little plastic man just tossed a clump of paper on the ground and he was smiling. He had no idea that behind him was a robot glaring and waiting to whack him on the head. Eric also made a poster. It read, clean up or else. Next to Eric's robot was a vacuum cleaner and Dusset's Dusset's idea, ooh, let me turn that alarm off. He had no idea that behind him, the robot was glaring at him, waiting for him to whack him on the head. Eric had also made a poster. It read, clean up or else. Next, Eric's robot was a vacuum cleaner. Dusset's idea was to vacuum up all the heat and put it in a giant bag and send it to outer space. In real life, it would have been, it would have to be a special vacuum cleaner, but he just had brought a regular, uh, just a regular vacuum cleaner. One as an example, so that's where, it, so that's where it went," said his mom. Oh my gosh, these pages are stuck together, you guys. One, two. That's the next page. Oh no, I didn't. Okay, um, Marga Lee had made a picture of Earth with mirrors sticking up all over it. She said. She said that the mirrors would reflect the sun's rays back into outer space. Wow, said Bean's dad, looking at her picture. Pretty good idea. Bean almost said, wait till you see ours, but she didn't because she looked at Ivy and made a zip noise. 
Ivy nodded. Drew had made a baking soda and vinegar volcano. It didn't have much to do with global warming, but it was so fun to watch the foam splurt out the top. He had put green food coloring in the vinegar. Emma and Zuzu had taken 200 pictures of themselves digging holes and planting trees, and there was also a picture of Rose the yard duty yelling at them for digging holes in the school lawn. Underneath, Emma had written, doesn't care about global warming. <sighs> but Ivy, said Ivy's mom, where's your project? Ivy gave, gave Bean a help me look, but then, just in the nick of time, Miss Arubate interrupted interrupted excuse me may i borrow your daughter she asked it's almost time she said to ivy and bean we have to go do our project explained bean to her mother or to her parents but what is it asked her mother it's a secret and miss arubitate you're going to find out in a few minutes right girls right they agreed grown-ups don't usually do what kids tell them to do so bean and ivy had asked miss arubitate to give the orders Miss Arubitate spoke into the microphone. All available parents, please come into the back of the cafeteria to take, uh, come to the back of the cafeteria. She had to say that 12 times before the parents obeyed. And they got mad at us as if they have to say things, they get mad at us if they have to say things twice. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Finally, the group of grown-ups clustered at the back of the cafeteria. Okay, said Miss Arubitate. This is Bean, and she pointed to Bean. And this is Ivy, she pointed to Ivy. Follow them, to the, and the other teachers and I will stay with the kids. Is this your project? asked Bean's dad. Yes, said Bean. Come on, follow us. Where are we going? Someone asked. Just outside, said Ivy. Not far. Come on. How long is this going to take? asked another mom. Not long, don't worry, said Bean. With grown-ups crowded behind them, they walked across the cafeteria and out the door into the cool night air. The grown-ups were mumbling things like, what is going on? And it's late and, oh, sorry, when they bumped into each other. But since the teacher had told them to, they all followed Ivy and Bean across the playground lawn. The light came from the cafeteria was very dim. You could just barely see that the lawn was covered with rugs and blankets, and Ivy and Bean stopped, and the grown-ups bunched around them. Here's here's what's going to happen, said Bean. There's a blanket or, or a rug or a yoga mat for each of you. We'll take you out with our flashlights and show you a good spot. Then you just lie down. And then what, asked Ivy's mom. She sounded worried. And then you rest, said Ivy. Don't be nervous, she added to her she added to her mom. I'll be right here. What does this have to do with global warming? asked Desit's mom. Ivy smiled mysteriously, but nobody could see her in the dark. Just try it, she said. Ivy and Bean showed all the grown ups where to lie down. It was lucky that Miss Arubitate had brought extra towels because there were more grown ups than they had planned for. Even the principal wanted to lie down. Bean gave her an entire blanket all to herself. Soon, there were grown-ups scattered all over the grass in the dark, and they looked like laundry. Now, said Bean in a loud voice, look up into the sky. Smell how nice that grass is. Listen to the trees and just rest. Don't talk. Don't do anything. And don't worry. You're totally safe. A few grown-ups muttered. Bean heard someone say something about bedtime. One dad sat up 
but he flopped down again when he saw Bean coming towards him. In a minute or two, the grown-ups got quiet, and Ivy and Bean heard some gentle sighs. Ivy poked Bean in the ribs. See, she whispered, they're getting happy. Bean was getting happy, too, and she couldn't lie down because she was taking care of the grown-ups, but she could feel the very cool night air, and she could listen to the leaves move. She could smell that damp dirt under the grass. She and Ivy stood side by side, making sure that nothing no surprises happened. I think they're liking nature, whispered Ivy. I think so too, whispered Bean. For just one moment, she felt like the grown-ups were in were the little ants and the giant, and she was a giant who understood how big the world really was. A grown-up began to snore softly. Way out on the lawn, the principal curled up on her side. Ivy checked Miss Rubitate's glow-in-the-dark watch. Two more minutes, she whispered. Ivy and Bean watched the grown-ups resting, and two minutes passed. All right, grown-ups, said Ivy gently. It's time to get up now. Some of the grown-ups moaned a bit. They didn't want to get up. Eventually, they struggled to their feet, except for the three who had fallen asleep. Bean woke them up nicely. It would have been nice to, to, it would have been fun to pour water on their faces, but they wouldn't have, that wouldn't have made them happy. Then, when all of them were on their feet, Bean said, okay, that was our science project. You can go now. But they didn't. They stood looking at her. Wait, said a mom. How was that about global warming? Ivy and Bean looked at each other, even in the dim light, and Bean could see that the grown-ups were confused. Weren't you happy, asked Bean. What, said the mom. Were you happy while you were lying down, said Bean. Well, yes, said the mom. Sure, it was great. Well, that's it, said Ivy. We want you to do... We want you to, we want you all to feel happy in nature. So when you care about global warming, explained Bean. So you'll care about global warming, explained Bean. There was a little pause. Bean and Ivy looked at each other. What was so hard to understand? And then the mom said, oh, I get it. The other grown-up smiled. That's a good one, said the dad. That's a really good one, said the other grown-up. Another grown-up yawned and nodded. They began to drift back to the cafeteria, except for Ivy and Bean's parents. Ivy's mom took Ivy's hand. I was happy, she said. Really? You weren't worried about poison oak and bugs? asked Ivy. Well, at first I was, a little bit. But then I did what you said, and Bean smelled... Then then I did what you said, Bean, and I smelled the grass, and I listened to the trees, and I haven't done that in a long time. And now you care about global warming? asked Ivy. Sure I do. Ivy turned to Bean. It worked! Bean elbowed Ivy. Of course it worked. It couldn't it couldn't help working. It's science. As they walked back to the cafeteria to give Miss Arubitate her watch, Bean's dad put his arm around her shoulder. That was a great science project, sweetie. Much better than any of my poster ideas. Bean's dad Bean gave him a squeeze. Oh dad, don't feel bad. You're a grown up. Grown ups can't help it. Ivy and Bean let the grown-ups walk ahead. They're all caring about global warming now, Ivy said. I can tell. Should we give classes, said Bean? It would be. It would have been nice if we found one big solution to global warming, said Ivy. Yes, said Bean, but we had lots of good small ones. And we're only beginners, said Ivy. If, we, if the two of us work on global warming for ten more years, I bet we'll find the solution once again. Bean pictured herself holding up a test tube full of shimmering pink stuff with, well, 
white-coated science gasped in amazement. The first thing we need to do, said Bean, is to get our hands on some really, a really dangerous chemistry set. The end. Why can't we just throw ice cubes in the air and other ideas about global warming? That's cute. And in the back of the book, they have like questions and answers. So that's so cool. And Peyton's asleep. Well, I got ditched again. See you tomorrow night.